0: All right, welcome to the is for podcast with Danger and Sarge with a little bit of Monster G. Say hi, everybody.
1: I thought Steven was going to say hi out. first. No, I was letting you go.
0: No, leave it in. All leave right. Leave it in.
2: <laughs> All right. No, that, that's enough to drive Casey crazy.
0: All right, say hi, Sarge. Hey, guys. Say hi, Monster. Hi. Oh, your, your, your high was so much more sultry than Steven's. <laughs> So, I'm,
1: but
2: I'm, I'm known not for sultry it. I'm salty <laughs> but I'm not sultry no Touché.
0: no not not sultry at all salty I do believe is a good uh good descriptor for you so tonight on the is for podcast we are going to be talking the letter X and X is for xenomorph who's Love familiar it. with the xenomorph obviously you are they're a Love it. monster what about you sarge oh, yeah all right, with xenomorph, what xenomorph are we talking about here
2: i mean are we talking about like the original Xenomorph? Oh we're gonna talk we about, about
0: we're gonna talk about all of them, but go on.
2: Okay, I mean that's just you have different types of xenomorphs and you, you know, different types of movies. So if you're talking about the alien well, Oh we're talking about the we're talking about the
0: alien franchise xenomorph.
2: Okay, yes. I'm familiar with that it's based off of H.R. Geiger and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tracking.
0: Yeah. It's not based off of HR Geiger because he did not look anything like it, but he was uh uh the uh, creator of the look and whatnot, so Anyway, so what was your first introduction to the Xenomorph monster? Yes, you're raising monster? your hand. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: I raised my hand. Cause, yes. Because I... I actually have a very, um, like, a, a story here. Um, yep. So, as uh, Danger and I have discussed before, sometimes when we're younger, we end up seeing some of these movies, like, out of order and, yeah. you know, sequels first and stuff. I actually saw aliens three before i ever saw the original or aliens and i was i was pretty young when i saw it so i thought it was pretty cool i thought it was dark and creepy and um i I loved aliens
0: i loved aliens three
1: yeah alien three right alien cubed um right And I I had no idea, like, the, you know, the alien was kind of like dog-esque, he ran on all fours and stuff, and um, at the time, I wasn't as familiar with CG and animatronics versus and practical effects, so it it looked cool to me. Um, So, obviously, as I got a little bit older and, and watched the, you know, the first two, I was blown away, like, how much better those two were, but... I have a soft spot for Alien 3.
2: And you, Sarge? Ooh, well, that's a story. Um,
0: well, that's what we're here for.
2: <laughs> so, story time with Sarge. Uh, full disclosure, I did not watch my first Alien, Aliens, Alien Cubed, Alien Resurrection. None of that until I was 13, because when I was like 8 or 9... I watched it with my dad, the first, you know, the alien. Right. And when that thing popped out of home dude's chest in the middle of the dinner table,
0: I was like, nope. And Beautiful. I went back to my room. <laughs> Beautiful moment. <laughs> Which actually is, now, what, one of the things I think is funny about that scene is they didn't tell a single actor what was going to happen. So that is genuine fear on everybody's faces when when that chest burster
1: bursts out. Does its and thing. it still you can feel it. it oh, yeah. you can feel it in that oh, yeah. scene. That is such a like traumatizing moment.
0: Oh yeah. And it the fact that it wasn't, you know, scripted as far as everybody else knew, I think it right. just, you know, lends itself. And you know, that's just the wonderful direction that they were given. So I like it when things are unscripted in movies and you get the genuine response from people. Oh, yeah. well,
2: I mean I was I mean I my older brother, which goes to show you siblings are a dick my older brother said aliens was better it wasn't as bad so I was like you know what I can watch this you know in the first part of the movie there's nothing really going on and then it, and then it's like they're sleeping in the bed oh uh, there you know, is
0: there is something going on that's where you meet Paul Reiser <laughs> <laughs> but I
2: mean it's it's like the part where it's like they're sleeping in the bed and all of a sudden like the damn face hugger tries to get her and I was like mm-hmm. nope this isn't better no. So for like three weeks, I'd be like searching underneath my bread, my bed with a broom. Like, Where are you going with the broom?
0: Clean it underneath my bed. So like, your, yeah. your room's never been that clean. No face huggers in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So the first alien movie, uh, 1979, you know, nobody had ever seen anything like, like that. It was, uh, it, it was a fantastic movie and I too have a soft spot for these movies. Um, uh, more of the first three, I never really liked the fourth one, and I kind of thought Prometheus and Alien Covenant were bad. Um, but yeah, but <laughs> you know, it, it was nice to see a return to form, and then it just wasn't a form at all because it wasn't, well,
1: I mean, yeah, I was gonna say, like, I uh, I have a soft spot for Alien Resurrection because. I felt like they were at least trying to do something like um, the whole, like Ripley being cloned and all that. Like it was interesting. It, it, I like the cast Winona Ryder, Ron Perlman. Um, right. But yeah, those, those first two. And like I said, I like alien three, but I acknowledge it's not quite up to the same level as alien and aliens, but uh Yeah.
2: I mean it seems like in Alien Resurrection they at least tried to close out the franchise. Yeah. It seems like it's what they were trying to do. Only to have yeah. that and... door just bashed wide open years later. <laughs> well, well I so I mean they were following the Star Wars deal with the prequels, but no, you know, I can't I liked the first one after our, after I, you know, manned up and just admitted that there was no such thing as facehuggers. Um that we know of. That I didn't mind the first one. The second one, after watching it all the way through, I was like, why did I like this? And then someone was like, watch the the director's cut. Watch the extended edition ones. And I watched the extended edition. And I loved it. Like the part where they set the miniguns up outside the hallways in the extended Mm -hmm. edition. That was phenomenal because you're on the edge of your seat like they're running out of ammo. They're running out of ammo.
0: Yeah, do you know why actually they didn't use guns more on the aliens i mean they used them somewhat but they actually had to pull back the gun usage because uh ron cobb uh he was an artist uh, that was helped you know put together and formulate the xenomorph itself he was the one that actually came with the acidic blood and that was his solution to why nobody just shoots it and they're done with it and you know it kind of prolonged things and then the uh you know the the handy little flamethrower came in which gave us some pretty badass scenes. So Yeah,
1: the way the way you asked that question, I wasn't sure if you meant like practically from a filmmaking standpoint or in the world of yeah. aliens why they didn't use guns.
2: Well, in the world of aliens, they also said that that entire thing was a giant thermonuclear bomb, so shooting everywhere would cause a nuclear explosion. So, ah, that know, was in the script.
0: You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. You know. <laughs> but yeah um so the uh the acidic blood actually I don't even remember actually went through the entire ship except for the exterior hull you know so they couldn't just shoot it up and throw as or acid blood everywhere and <laughs> yeah they couldn't pull out their heroin <laughs> and
1: no i and just thought whoa. about shooting up alien yeah. blood and uh. mean, <laughs> woo, eat you from the trip. inside
0: I mean, if you, if you could, if you could get a syringe that could actually hold alien blood, that'd be a little, that'd be a special syringe. I don't. I don't you know, know, but
2: there, but but there is a way to kill aliens. You know, you have to get those predators, and you got to get that predator weaponry that just is immune no. to alien blood.
1: We okay. don't have to talk about the AVP movies. Oh, do we're
0: we? we're going to. Oh, we're going to. God. we're going to. I never saw the second one. I did see the first one multiple times, and it was one of those things that I watched it once and I thought, "This is shit." Let's watch it again and see if it's better. And then on like the eighth night, I it was shit every time. I just I accepted that that's what it was. Whaling Company. Yeah. Um. You know. Actually, I do appreciate how they carried certain things through the entire you know franchise, like the Whaling Company, that was the one thing that really ties it back to, um, Mm -hmm. the uh, uh, what is it, Blade Runner? You know, those two universes are actually
1: connected. Did well, you? yeah, that makes sense because of Ridley Scott, huh?
0: Right, yeah. The yeah. Uh, I don't think it's ever actually said that they're actually connected, but it's the yeah. same same logos, same names, and stuff like that between. Oh, two it logos.
2: is. I mean,
1: I did it, not know it, that.
2: As as a bibliophile here, someone that
0: reads a lot of books, I have
2: read the Predators, the Predators series books, which is really good, right? Really good. And then the aliens versus predators and then predators next evolution, where they go and they take the best of the best from different worlds and turn them into predators, like let them learn how to be predators, use the technology, yada, 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 yada. Right. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of references to like androids and are they human? Are they not human? Which, which, which brings it back into the blade runner esque era with the bounty hunters hunting them down and, So forth and so on. So if you read the books, you will see a lot of that crossover happening. I don't think any, I don't remember because it's been like 15, 20 years since I've read the books, but I don't remember the names specifically being mentioned of some of the characters cross-world. So,
0: All right. So let's go back to the uh, creation of the Xenomorph itself. So yes, it was based off of an H.R. Geiger um, picture. It was called the necrocom or necronom, I don't know, uh, four. And he, uh, he created, it was just basically a side profile of this, this monster with it with an extremely elongated, uh, head, you know, going off to the backside much further than,
1: than uh, what we saw in the movie. And and what was that head? What was the shape? Go ahead and tell us. It was, it was phallic. Everything H.R. Giger ever did was extremely phallic
2: yes it yes. was it was an eggplant shaped
0: <laughs> okay so HR Geiger and it
2: spit acid
0: HR ah. Geiger made this alien with a giant penis off the back of his head no, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was, it's just a giant penis I mean there's I'm looking at the picture of it now and I'm trying to see anything other it's veiny it's erect it's it's a penis. And it was not used for mating with the, uh, aliens. And, and <laughs> well, I, have you looked... know, and well, they had a queen. I mean, I can't imagine them going, no, I'm not entertaining that thought. No, not doing. <laughs> you <it."> already <laughs> are. Shut up. <laughs> and I I'm will not... tell
1: you, um, uh, I have looked through a lot of Giger's, um, artwork, uh, over the years. I love him. I think it... he's
0: great, but well, it's, he, it's... he
1: is really talented. Um, it's definitely very one note. They all kind of have the same vibe about them. Uh, and everything is very um, like industrial meat sexual. And it's uh, some of it's really cool. And then some of it's a little bit like, all right, man, were you just like, horny yeah. while you were drawing this? Like, I'm, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I don't,
0: I, don't know so. ever, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of H.R. Geiger, but he looks like a guy who probably was horny all the time. And yeah. never succeeded. I'm just being honest here. Just doesn't look like somebody nah. that had him so, lined up. So,
2: a lot of people have seen his artwork and not even realize they've seen it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, yeah like, like like the lead, like the band Korn. K-O-R-N.
0: Yeah. Yes. Which... Their,
2: all their microphone stands and instrument stands, all those are modeled after H.R. Geiger's work. Yeah. So...
1: Ah, uh, Jonathan Davis's mic stand is called the bitch, and it's basically like, it's it Geiger's creation. It looks a little bit like the alien monster, kind of mm-hmm. a different kind of monster, but, yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. So,
0: center on the topic of H.R. Geiger and everything having to do with penises and things. Geiger's design for the alien evoked many contradictory uh, sexual images. As critic. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to butcher this name. Zimna Gallardo? I'm not even going to... Whatever. That's what you got. That's about right. Um, She said, uh, The creature's combination of sexually evocative physical and behavioral characteristics creates a nightmare vision of sex and death. It subdues and opens the male body to make it pregnant, then explodes in its birth. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what she said. Um, in its adult form, the alien strikes its victims with a rigid phallic tongue that breaks through skin and bone. More than phallus, more than a phallus. Uh, however, the, re- uh, the retractable tongue has its own set of snapping metallic teeth that connects it to the castrating vagina dentana. Which, if you're not familiar with that, it's when a vagina has teeth.
1: Wait, which a movie about you- that? Yeah, I was gonna say if you've never seen the movie Teeth. Yes, I have seen uh, it. I was gonna. Well, hey, Stephen, have you seen it?
2: I both certainly
1: have seen it. Okay, Okay, I was gonna say I have it on DVD if anyone needs to borrow it. (laughs) No,
0: no, I don't need to see it again. In fact, I didn't need to see it the first time, but I did, and I can't go back. (laughs) Nope, Nope. No, that's just just one of those things that just didn't really need to see. So, all right. So, um, the name of the creature actually came from, uh, it's been referred to as a serpent, a beast, a dragon, a monster, a nasty, or simply a thing. But the term xenomorph, alien comes from the Greek xeno, which translates to either other or strange, and morph, as we all know. Um, so, basically they were throwing together words and trying to figure it out, and they kind of threw together the Latin, and uh, or the Greek, and... Uh, came up with Xenomorph. It kind of just everybody in the room just went, uh, "Yeah, wait, that's right, that's good. I like that." And we had the name. All right, so we we talked about the uh, the acidic blood, um, but aliens can can produce a thick, strong resin that they use to build their hives and to cocoon their victims. So you got to think that they're. They've got some sort of a, you know, spider-like, you know, where the spider puts out silk to produce its web. They produce this other thing, but it's never shown where this strong resin comes from. Unless it's the uh, the output from the saliva when it hardens, which, do you know what they used to create the saliva in the first movie? And then it was used and modified, and, and then it was, you know, trailed off, because... I wouldn't have expected this, and I would have think that it would have gotten very expensive. Anybody? KY jelly. <laughs> it is.
1: Wow. Okay. It is.
0: It is. It is KY jelly that uh, that they use just to create the the saliva effect, and they also use condoms to create part of the uh, the see through um, mechanical you know parts and things. Yeah. You know, the, right, the Covering right. over them. So yeah, uh, KY and condoms, and to. <laughs> To think about that the alien came from an H.R. Geiger picture, I think it's rather fitting.
1: Yeah, this is <laughs> this is turning into the horniest monster movie of all time.
0: It's... it's okay, so when with, I was...
1: With little to no sex. Right. Like, the alien movies are not known for gratuitous sexual no. stuff. No, no. no. It's and, all wrapped up in the monster. Right. And when
0: I was doing my research on this, I was reading through it going... This is the most, I don't know, penile monster in the world. And I don't know how they got away with some of this stuff, but they just kind of did as you could in 78. You know, it was, couldn't happen today because I feel like people would connect those dots real quick, but at the same time, all the dots they had was just, it was based on HR Geiger and his, his penis monsters.
1: Well, and and in my opinion, I feel like when you're sitting there, especially for the first time, especially when this first came out, you don't have, you know, this wealth of knowledge and stuff. Right. But when you see that thing, you, you only catch glimpses of it throughout the first film until near the end, you right. get a good look at it. That movie is so tense and so suspenseful that I don't think your brain has time to register... Oh my God, it's a dick with teeth. It's just, it's just like this creature, you know, your brain can't even comprehend what it's seeing.
0: Yeah. The feeling of, you know, where the tension gets released because it's all of a sudden, you know, um, the tension has. Don't um, don't
1: do that. Don't do that. (laughs) I know what you're doing. Stop it. Stop it right now. Come to a head and
0: pop like a pimple, like like a boy. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, the tension finally got to erupt, release. Oh God! (laughs) And did it, and so then, so then finally, you're there and you're seeing this thing and you're not thinking about anything other than the fact that there's this monster there on the screen and you're absolutely terrified. You know, it's. It, it, you're not thinking of the phallicness of um, of Geiger and whatnot. So, all right. So, the life cycle of the face hager, the face hager, the face hugger then impregnates the host with an embryo, known as a chest burster. After a period of gestation, erupts violently from the host chest, resulting in death of the host. Um, that that part, and I'm going to go back to what you said before, Stephen. While I didn't see Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, 4, and the rest of the turd monster um, for, I don't know, I think I was probably 16, 17, somewhere in there the first time I saw them all. But that was the part that really got me as well. I, I do remember seeing parts of it when I was a kid because as as a, we've talked about in the past, our dads showed us movies that we probably shouldn't have seen at a certain age. <laughs> um, but it was just... You know, I didn't remember any of that. What I remembered was, you know, the uh, the android um, Bilbo Baggins. Um, you know, the same actor that played the android in the first movie played Bilbo Baggins. Anyway, I remember like it just thinking it was weird that there was so much milk in him when he was having a freak out, and there was stuff going everywhere. But anyway, the chestburster then matures to the adult phase shedding its skin, and replacing its cells with polarized silicon. Now, I've always thought it was strange that it goes from that weird little chest buster to the full-grown alien that we know within a matter of no time. I mean, it just grows up. And I don't know how we go from that to the full. I could never find how it actually happens because nobody ever sees it.
1: Well, they try to explain that in some of the later sequels, um and I must have some,
0: I must have not really paid attention to that part because some of the later sequels those parts were lacking.
1: But. Yeah, and and I'll be honest with you um Steven earlier mentioned the extended cuts. I have the uh I think it's called the quad quadrilogy yeah. set mm-hmm. or, it's like 9 discs. Right. Um more than, than like it needs to ver- be. Well, there's like two versions of every film. Yeah. And so I don't know what's in extended cuts, what was in theatrical releases, whatever, off the top of my head. But I know that in some of the later films, they tried to explain, like, the alien is... Uh, it, it's more like whatever creature it comes out of. So, like, right. Um, in Alien 3... That's where we got I the think,
0: dog and whatnot.
1: Yeah, and, and that was really confusing because when they shot it... And I can't, again, I can't remember which one's theatrical, which one's director's cut, whatever. But some shots, he was to, the alien was to have come out of a dog. But in other ones, he was supposed to have come out of like a a bull or something. So they sort of had two different things going on. And that's part of the, you know, trouble they had. But that whole, that whole movie was a disaster to get made. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so that has something supposedly to do with it. Like the whatever creature it incubated in and that's why the alien in the original is bipedal. It it looks more human humanoid.
0: Right. Okay, so if we're going to talk about the Xenomorph <clears throat> and we're going to talk the Xenomorph without giving full opinions, which we will as we move through this, about what we thought about each incarnation of it. We have to embrace each movie and what the movie's brought to the table as far as the evolution of the xenomorph itself. So, as far as the intelligence of the xenomorph itself, um, during the events in Alien Resurrection, um, and crossover movie The Alien vs. Predator, um, The uh, the colony Hadley's hope in Alien 3 when they were trying to trap the alien, um, it displayed observational learning and problem solving skills. Now I say we're going to talk about the movies as if that's all part of it because those things did happen. They happened, even though Alien vs Predator was stupid. Um, Yeah,
1: we pretend like it didn't happen.
0: No, no, not for this Uh, conversation. Not not for this conversation. I do look forward to the day when we do uh, drill into other planets from space with a giant laser that creates a hole big enough to drive four Humvees side by side through it. I thought that was ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, um, see. So uh, the alien kills one of their own uh, when they were trapped and using its blood to melt through the enclosure and escape. You know, they saw that their blood was enough to to melt. Things and so, you know, we learn that they are able to do that, and then we later see them uh, using weapons, fashioning weapons and things. Um, uh, alien realizes, or it becomes um, increasingly apparent that alien realizes um, it's a trap they're in. At one point, hesitates and blah blah blah. It just that, that that's a whole part of the xenomorph thing that I could never really get behind. And, well, and why not? Because the xenomorph to me, when it's you know, the chestburster comes out and creates and grows up to be this thing. It is a creature that kills. That's all it does. It is a creature that is out to kill. You know, they uh, protect their queen. Um, They're actually uh, eusocial. Um, You know, single, fertile queen. Um, Like wasps and termites and things, they operate very much on their own. But they you know are out to protect the hive.
2: Now are we talking are we going to combine every movie into one for this statement because if you do then you're forgetting that in Alien Resurrection they said that at the very end of the movie that Ripley's gift to the aliens through her DNA was human-like birthing. So, let's backpedal a little bit. For those who can...
1: can't, for those of uh, who can't see what's happening, Casey just rolled his eyes so hard they almost <laughs> shot out of his face. <laughs>
0: Um, I'm not no, sure he, that the foundation to the house is level anymore. They rolled so hard.
2: <laughs> well, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if they take on the characteristics of whatever that that embryo is in, yes, right. then when they clone Ripley, it would make sense that they get her human-like intuition mm-hmm. to use the weapons to learn that their blood is acidic to free their queen that way. To, well, I mean, and then some poor alien had to knock up the queen. Cause she had a human birthing system, which means there's some big dick alien out there.
0: That, is that yeah, what? Is he's... that when it used the back of its head that I mean, looked like a like giant like, penis? We're bringing it
1: full circle. Yeah, you beat, it. you beat me to it. I I um...
0: didn't I didn't know that we were going to uh, break the new realization of the xenomorphin itself oh, yeah. and uh, the reproduction cycle, and we've completely done away with the chest burster <sighs> altogether, so nobody has to die anymore to bring Alien to life.
1: <laughs> well, and and I was going to say that, uh, okay, obviously, once we get to part four of any franchise, things start getting a little wacky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but even in, in the first two, you can see the aliens, I, I don't want to say, um, they're not smart, necessarily, but they use camouflage. They know how to hide. They know how to you know, they, they're they smart enough to know I'm going to crawl through the air vent and not just open the, the door, you know? So I think they've always been somewhat intelligent. I have problems um, with that
2: scene off the rip, but, you know, that's, that's, that's besides the
1: point. Like, so for example, one of my favorite scenes from the original Alien is the scene where, I can't remember which character is it, it might even be Ripley, where they're in the room and the alien is actually hiding in plain sight but it's up against the wall in such a way that you, you don't see it until it moves and comes out of from the wall. And that part, I know it's coming. Every time I watch it, I know there's a scene where you don't really see it, and then he steps out towards you. But every time, I'm like, oh, there it is. Like, every time. And I think that shows that the alien has some kind of concept of surprise attack, camouflage, hunting mentality.
0: Okay, so... What's interesting about it is so in the uh, in the H.R. Geiger's original design, it had no eyes, and so he, you know, insisted that the alien had no eyes in the movie. You know, he was brought in to to create the design in more of a three D aspect. So, you know, I said it looked more menacing and soulless. So here's my thought on that, or you know, my here's my point to that. Due to its lack of sight, it's largely suggested the xenomorph hunts primarily. By following scents, such as pheromones, which allow them to distinguish between prey and their own kind. Also, it's been speculated that it uses echolocation, which hasn't been confirmed by anybody. So if it uses, you know, sight or scent molecules and whatnot to move around, how is it, um, you know, able to hide up against the wall? If it uses echolocation, how is it able to hide up against the wall? Don't know. Okay, so let's...
2: Let's then let's let's talk about one of Luke's least favorite movies, the 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 first A V P. Okay, when the queen wants to be freed, she screams really loud, and all the aliens stop and look, and run to their queen, and then she pops and clicks like she's speaking some foreign language, and then they the, they start to attack her, and she melts the chains. it would make sense that hearing an echolocation, right?
1: Well, and, and also just because it doesn't. <laughs> have eyes like we have eyes, like eyes that we understand, doesn't mean that it can't see its surroundings. Or just because it doesn't have protruding ears sticking out from the side of its head doesn't mean that it can't hear. So, you know, I I, I always assumed it had eyes. I always nope, assumed no eyes. just because it's, like, slick like that doesn't mean that it doesn't have under its little Dick cap that it didn't have eyes or something.
0: That's it's not called a dick cap. It's called a foreskin.
1: Whatever it is.
0: <laughs> okay, no, no, no eyes. I mean, maybe it does have eyes on its fingertips, like uh, in Beetlejuice. And I don't, I don't know. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, like a uh, or eyes in the hands, like in Pan's Pen, Labyrinth. And, yeah, you know, that's what I so. thought. Yeah, yeah, that the creepiest damn movie ever. I don't know that. Yeah, that one. Got me. All right.
1: So wait, hold on, hold on. According to a quick Google search, the the xenomorph have elongated, cylindrical skulls with eyes underneath the quote unquote visor. And the novelization of Alien, the character Ash speculates that xenomorphs see by way of electrical impulse, similar to a shark's lateral line.
0: Okay, so that's actually something I was going to bring up later because at a certain point, Geiger was pretty much pushed out as far as creating the evolution of the design because he did, you know, have input on the design from Alien to Aliens, and then Less in Three and almost nothing in Four. So,
1: yeah.
0: you know, it was it re- it was eventually evolving into something other than his original creation, which had other people's input on it. So. Somebody did put eyes on him at one point. So yeah,
2: Aliens 4. Yeah. Aliens 4.
0: Yeah, so that's when he was pretty much pushed out altogether. He had no involvement with um, anything outside, anything after about the initial conversation of Aliens 3. So, all right. So we mentioned the dog, the dog alien. So, um... You Know this is where he was, you know, talking about Geiger being pushed out. Um, so Geiger expressed that he was, you know, very upset uh, with the creation of the dog and whatnot. So, um, so Fitcher made full scale drawings of the script, Alien, uh, from the script of Alien, which all were rejected because Geiger said nope, nope, nope. And then there was pretty much a closed door meeting where they created the dog and everything, and then Geiger came back and said. No, I don't like it. And they were like, "We don't care. We're making it anyway." So they pretty much just pushed him out altogether. Uh, and that was actually—I'm um, sad to say—Fincher, who I love Fincher's movies, um, you know, yeah. and Tim Zimmerman, who was one of the director or the art directors on the movie. So, all right. So then the the dog was created, and then after years of you know Geiger being angry about it, he would comment that the resulting film was okay and it was better than the second film, which I think is funny because he had a little bit more of a hand in the second movie, which, you know, I actually like the first three. I I don't really like the fourth one at all, but, you know, to say that it was okay, you know, I I think is, is Uh, interesting.
1: The, The way you said that, I thought you were saying that he thought three was better than two.
0: No, he, he did say that, Uh, the resulting film, the third one, was okay, and that the Alien was better than in the second film. So he did eventually come around and say that what was created for the third one was better than what was created for the second one. Because he did initially, you know, go, all right. so here's adjustments we can make in the second movie, and then they kind of ran with it in a different direction, but he still had input on it. So, um... In Alien Resurrection, uh, due to a significant genetic tampering, as we uh, talked about with, you know, uh, Ripley's lady parts. Um, a, uh, you know, recovered DNA from from Ripley and alien queen within her, the resulting cloned aliens show a number of minor human traits. So this is where I want to go back to talking about the intelligence part of the xenomorph. So the alien takes on uh, characteristics, physical characteristics of the host, but right. nothing has ever said that it takes on the mental characteristics of the host. So while we, um, you know, know that the humans and the dogs, you know, help the uh, the xenomorph to become what it is and give it the look that it has, I still don't think that it has anything to do with with uh. The intelligence part of it. So, and I'm going to stand by
1: that. Well, I don't necessarily think that the... It, it adopts, like, a, a whole lot of mental capacity from the host as much as I just don't think it's a, a brain-dead creature. Like, I think that it has... Like, I, I would put it in the same category as, like, sharks and, and lions and those kind of animals where it knows how to hunt... It knows how to protect itself. I mean, at no point do we see them opening doors or shooting guns, and I don't think they ever would. Not not a, you know, a, the original trilogy alien mentality. Now, AVP, and they start breeding them, and they're half-breeds and all that nonsense. Maybe. I don't know. That's dumb. I don't care. But in the original ones, you know, I think that they adopt physical characteristics from what they've been you know mixed with but they're still of that kind of average intelligence as far as you know that goes i
2: mean if they're if they're hunters if that's what they do if they hunt even if they have a hide uh, a hive mentality if they hunt they learn you have to
0: learn your prey no matter what prey it is no matter where it is ah but do you know do you know who learns their prey predator
1: yeah Stop talking about alien versus
0: predator no I will never i will actually after this is over i hope to never talk about alien versus predator again god oh don't awesome. worry i uh, next next time we
2: cycle the alphabet i'm taking a and it's going to be avp
0: oh god so we have to do a whole hour or however oh, long that we oh, we can yeah. you now i i made yeah. i will protest and sit with my arms crossed the whole time <laughs> you can you can pout
2: like a 2 year old
0: all you want it's going to happen yeah, I may, I may, and my only input may just be this movie was, shit, the sequel was the extra turd. You know, the 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 sequel was when you've already gotten up from taking a dump and you're like, oh, wait, it's not done, and then you have a big shart because you're sitting in the kitchen and you can't make it to the bathroom in time. That's what AVP2 was. AVP2 was a shart on the movie industry.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, AVP two should have never happened. Which I don't actually plan on getting to AVP two in this. But all right, the newborn creature was originally scripted by. Do you want to guess? Anybody want to guess who originally scripted the newborn creature? Yeah. Oh, Joss Whedon, you know our uh, our buddy, the Avengers, and and uh, the one that killed the the DC universe, basically. Yeah, good
1: old. Buffy the Vampire Slayer Whedon.
0: Yep. Alright, but uh, he originally scripted as being an eyeless, ivory-white quadruped with red veins running along the side of its head. It had an inner jaw with the addition of a pair of pincers on the inside of its head. Those pincers would have been used to immobilize its prey as it drained it of blood through the inner jaw. What does that sound like to you?
2: Like a
0: vampire. Yeah. So... Um, I'm convinced that he was uh, stuck on the Buffy the Vampire Hunter kick and that's what came out of it. All right, so there now i going
1: to be some blonde cheerleader that fought the aliens there at the end of the film. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um so uh the creature was originally going to have a rival uh, going to rival the queen in size, but the director Jean-Pierre Junette, uh Don't know how to pronounce it exactly. Asked um, to make the human alien hybrid known as the newborn more human than alien. The newborn's eyes and nose were added to improve its expressions to make it a character rather than just a killing machine and to give it depth as a human like creature. The newborn is the most ridiculous alien, the most ridiculous looking alien creature of all of them. Just terrible. Is tried to hug Ripley at one point and it just kind of gave a lean, really, and a, a gentle, you know, claws over Ripley. All right. So, the one incarnation of the alien that I hated the most, mainly because I hated the movie that surrounded it. What movie is this? Do we know? Assuming you're gonna say AVP2. Yes. AVP two. Alien versus Predator Requiem. Do you remember what happened in that movie?
2: Yeah, the uh the the Predator that won in AVP1 was being taken back to space, but he had an embryo in him and the embryo busted out and then it killed everything on the ship. The ship crashed in a swamp in some podunk town somewhere. Blah 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 blah. Yep, that's it.
0: Um, it's actually referred to as the Pred-Alien. The, yeah, the, the Pred-Alien. No hyphen. It's all one word, and it's stupid. I stop. Nope. Uh, the Pred-Alien shares many characteristics with its host, such as the long, uh, hair-like appendages, mandibles, and blah, blah. It was stupid. Yeah, that's all I'm giving it. Thank it you. Was, yeah, uh, its face opened up. It was a Predator with alien-like things. I don't know. It was dumb. Um, I... I, I really am going to stick to Alien versus Predator was the shart of the movie industry. It was the
1: worst part. The most egregious thing about both of those films is not like the story whatever. It's it's the same with the 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 recent Godzilla versus Kong movie. If if the fighting and the destruction and the monsters fighting each other looks cool then the rest of it'll work. The, a- the AVP movies are so dark. You can't see what's happening. It's just a tail flip and a laser shoots and teeth. And it's like, if you could have actually seen what was happening, I feel like they could have made decent movies. They, they spent so much time trying to give you some kind of BS story that you do not care about because it's Alien versus Predator, get to the monsters beating the hell out of each other. That's what we came to see. I think you need to turn the brightness up on your TV. I... No. i going to say no. something. No but... back. No. I Hey, go back and try to watch AVP2 and see if you can actually see them fighting. It's no, it's I don't, a work mess.
0: I don't want to. I don't I don't want it's to go back. It's a mess. No, it's I I don't actually know about the because I ever saw it versus Predator 2. Or, AV or Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Um,
1: Any review you watch will bring that up. I guarantee it. All
0: right, it may. And, and I'll never find out, because I am not going to... Uh, I would rather watch all the Fast and Furious movies ever again, than watch that one single movie. I just, You can
1: just watch, like, the Nostalgia Critics review, or something like that, because that's funny, and it makes fun of how yeah. stupid the movie is, and but something like
0: that. It's not hard. So, no. All right. Um The dark blue deacon is a different species that makes its appearance in Prometheus. Though it clearly shares traits similar to the xenomorph, including a similar life cycle, the deacon is a result of a trilobite, um, a large facehugger-like creature, attacking and impregnating an engineer, which I don't know if you remember, but the engineer were the over-muscular, and no gems, no gems ever shown. And any of the engineer flashbacks, no gems, but they were extremely muscular. Uh, but yeah, they sound salty about it. Yeah, I am. They were just, except for their, like, they didn't really have much definition between like forehead and nose and they needed a tan. Yeah, Their
1: whole head is just a lump. Like yeah. they look like, cause, cause aren't they also like nine, 10, 11 feet tall. They're not like, they were
0: big. I don't remember yeah, how big. big they were big. Yeah. Which, my understanding, um, was they tried to bring aliens to, uh, the xenomorph itself, to Earth to exterminate life on Earth at one point, And they crashed and landed, and then they were killed by the aliens themselves. So, I don't know. I had, I had a hard time holding on through Prometheus and Covenant. I watched them because they were part of that, that world, the continuation of it, or the prequels to it, if you will. But I just had a hard time hanging on to it because they
1: were just not very good movies. Well, Prometheus, I think, is a is a good movie. But is it a good alien movie? Is it a good Ridley Scott movie? I don't think so. I, I feel like Prometheus should have either leaned heavier into the alien myth- mythos or it should have been a standalone science fiction film. Right. I think it tried too hard to... Yeah, it's a little bit like Alien, but these are... De- like, that creature at the end of Prometheus, like, that should have been a xenomorph. It shouldn't Shut have up. been some other weird kind of sort of thing. When they're in the cave and the the things jump out of the eggs, that should have been the facehuggers. That shouldn't have been some weird snake thing. Like, right. they should have... Or... Make them completely different and put it in a different universe. Um, I have no problem.
0: Time, I, I have no problem with making a completely different science fiction movie and giving it, giving it the Whalen name and whatnot and connecting it. But when you when you put it out there as it's part of the Alien universe, and yes, I understand that it's some years before the uh, Alien movie. You know, you can't have the creatures be that different, right? You can't, or else you get conversations like this, where we say that should have been a Xenomorph. That should have been a facehugger. Right. So, which evidently the only real uh tie-in to all of it was actually told through comic book. And, okay. you know, I get it that the story is still out there, but it's not a story that the public has, has taken in. It's mm-hmm. just, I, I don't know. I feel like when... When something isn't done right in a movie and people get mad about it, they'll write a comic book that explains the the separation and connect it all together, and then they'll go, "Ah, oh, no, it's all there. It's it's all there now." And people will be welcome okay. to fanfic. Yeah, welcome to fanfiction. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. but it's no, a rabbit hole. Oh yeah, no, I know we're not going back down that one. Um, no, but it's it really does feel like that when people get mad about something not being right in an entry into a universe as Prometheus was, they go, okay, fine, whatever, let's just write a comic book, and it's pretty much fan fiction the whole way through, and they leave it up to somebody else who has nothing to do with the movies to connect the dots, and that's not okay in my opinion. You should have... The, at least the writer is involved in it, so then they can actually make it make sense in some way, but then skip the comic book tie-in altogether, the thing that nobody is going to read, well, not nobody, but most people are going to read, and actually do what people want to see in the movie, Ridley Scott, how many years later, you finally got back involved in it, and you shit the bed
2: get out so now we can see how passionate uh el danger here is about ridley scott dropping the ball
1: oh and i i can relate because i was really hyped and i have i have a tendency of getting my hopes up and getting overexcited and yeah then it doesn't live up to it and and prometheus did that to me i was Mm -hmm. i was very excited i was looking forward to revisiting the alien universe you know there were A lot of the stuff that was coming out before the film was talking about, you know, the origins of the Xenomorph and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, they're going to explain the engineer. And I was like, okay, this this sounds fantastic. And then it's a generic, slow paced sci fi film. It doesn't even feel like an alien film at all.
0: I left the theater and drove home and was confused. I was trying to piece it together. I I was honestly hoping because, you know, it
2: starts off slow. Right. It starts off slow. Let's just be honest. Yeah. I was like, Oh, this is gonna be one of those slow burn movies. This is gonna it's gonna build up, then it's just gonna it's just gonna powder keg, and it's just gonna be action, 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 right? No.
0: No, no. No. No.
2: And then at the end of and then at the end of what is it, Covenant? Where it's like you find out the bad guys the one, the android that survived, you're like, Well, hell.
1: Gonna, don't get me wrong. Michael Fassbender is an incredible actor. Playing, playing two roles
0: of the and same he's character. Probably the
1: best part, he's the best part of both of those films. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. Um, oh, yeah. but, and and I'll be honest, I only saw Alien Covenant once, and I I've been meaning to revisit it, but I just remember same thing. Like I thought that okay, Prometheus was leading up to Alien Covenant. This is going to be the alien prequel we wanted mm-hmm. in Prometheus. but it was it still was I, I don't know. it didn't it felt so disconnected, so in
0: Alien Covenant, they actually introduced a new way to spread the virus and, you know, spread the the creature. And it was through those stupid spores of right. things they would step on the grass. You don't wait to that late in a series to to introduce a new way of the thing happening,
1: and it just added a whole element to it that made me mad. It just—it's no, like it, there's this weird fascination that every single nuance has to be explained. Nobody asked for midi okay? Nobody no. cares. No. It's the force—you have it or you don't. Nobody cares that the aliens could be spread through spores. Like that's not the, like I don't understand who was writing these ideas. Like it just seems completely out of left field with the rest of the the vibe of the series. I mean, but- it's it's the, it's when you take so many
2: creative liberties that you feel you have to justify your creative liberties. There is straying away far out of the, uh. I don't want to say content, but the confines of the original three films. Mm-hmm. As you go forward, I mean, Alien Resurrection stayed the most true to the original three. In, in reality, it did. There were still chest bursters. There's still xenomorphs. There's still face huggers. You knew so, what was going to happen when Home Slice woke up out of cold storage looking at an egg. Yeah. So you knew
1: what was going to happen. But, but that was also get... that was made just within a few years of Alien Three. Right. It was Prometheus still... and Re-
2: Yeah, Prometheus
1: and Covenant were 130 years later. It's
2: not like the source material for Prometheus and Covenant was lost to the world and they had to make it up anew. That's what I'm saying. They took so many creative liberties that it's like, we have to explain this or no one's going to get
0: it. Okay, so Resurrection came out in 97. Prometheus came out in 2012. So, you know, it was... 20-some years. It was long enough to create a gap, um, to where, you know, it created a hunger for this, this thing. And then when you come back and you create something like, like this, like Prometheus and, you know, yeah, sure. We already got enough offshoots of the original Xenomorph with, you know, the DNA mixing and blah, blah, and, you know, creating the, uh, the birthing process that it it already had gone to a point to where if you pushed it any
1: further, it was a problem. And then they did with Alien vs Predator. And well, but I think that like with Prometheus, I think and and correct me if I'm wrong here, Casey. I think you and I got so hyped because we were thinking, okay, Alien Resurrection, you're you you've gone too far. And then they did AVP one and two, and it's like, hey stop you're like ruining this thing (laughs) don't do that so then ridley scott shows up and says hey we're going to take it back to the original that we're going to show you the the you know the prequel to the first one i think we were both expecting something that felt more like alien a slow suspenseful small scale horror alien film and that's not really what we got (laughs) at all so like i'm looking at
0: the the posters for prometheus and for alien covenant and Mm -hmm. if you just look at the the posters for it it's okay so prometheus is uh, somebody with a flashlight standing in front of what i have to assume is the engineer's head and it's a giant head in front of them and it's like okay looking at that It's many years after Ridley Scott has, you know, has had many years to kind of create something new in his head. Okay, so this is going to be a little bit different, but it's still Ridley Scott returning to the universe. So this is going to be awesome. It's going to be badass. It's going to be on par with the first one. And then it wasn't. And then he returns for Alien Covenant. And you see the poster for it. And it you know, it actually looks more like a Geiger-style picture where there's just, yep. it basically looks like an orgy of humans and, and xenomorphs. And you're like, hell yeah! And then you sit down to watch it and you're like, spores? What stupid shit is this? People step on mushrooms and they get them in their ears and they create a, a, a another type of xenomorph that doesn't actually be the same fucking stupid. Ditto. Yeah, I don't know. It was just Because I had waited so long for something good, a a good return to this universe, and then I was given these two turds of movies from somebody who can put out something great. Ridley Scott can put out amazing things, as he has. And then he comes back and shits the bed on this universe that he created. It pissed me off. Agreed. Agreed. And, all right, and, and ladies and
2: gentlemen, thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you for staying with us as Casey had
0: his therapy session. Do you feel better? I'm not sure if it was a therapy session or a breakdown about a mental part of things that I didn't uh, know I had. It's you you just <laughs>
1: we're all gonna have to have like a, a hug it out moment. Yeah, we, I mean, <laughs> are we gonna
2: <laughs> to get together and have burgers and hugs? Is that what we're gonna do? <laughs> Don't
0: worry. Don't get me wrong. I'm down for a good burger. Yeah. We can talk talk about this over beer. Okay, I'll take the burger. I'll take the beer. I'll take the hug, but let's not do them all at the same time because that can get really messy for all of us. It's just going to get really awkward really quick.
1: All (laughs) right. All
0: right. So just to tie it up, the final form of the Xenomorph was the Neomorph, which was that white bullshit that we saw in Covenant. It had a Um, It was a less weaponized version. Um, It was basically um, Ridley Scott went full force with the Geiger uh, penis-like head and ejaculated an an alien out that became this thing that was terrible. So that's my final thought on... Thank you for leaving us on such a
1: positive note.
0: (laughs) You know, if I could end everything with Ridley Scott ejaculating, we're in. (laughs)
1: I hope he listens to this. I hope I really he does. Do. I hope
0: he does too. And I hope I get an email, a handwritten letter or something from him and I will frame it and I hope it just
1: it, I'm I'm sure just got a
0: defamation lawsuit. Yeah, uh, I
1: was going to say, it's not oh. a restraining order, and they deliver it to your door. Oh, no, that's fine.
0: That's fine. If <laughs> if I get a guy that shows up to my door, and he's like, hey, I'm from the phone company. I'm like, I don't have a phone. And he's like, here's this document. You've been served, and I'll open it up. And You've obviously never been served with paperwork before, because that's not how it well, happens. There's I, usually I... a
2: cute blob that rolls up that's like, hi, uh, I'm looking for someone. Are, is your name Casey? And you're like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they drop the facade, and they're like... You've been served, sign here. Is that how you got your restraining order? Uh, no, I've never had a restraining order.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Never had a restraining order
0: yet. yet.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All <laughs> right, everybody, for X, that's been Xenomorph in my rant. <laughs> Not R for rant, just X for Xenomorph. <laughs> All right. All right, say bye, Sarge. Bye, guys. Bye. Say bye, monster. Later. All right. Bye, everybody.